In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, I find out how property investing or real estate investing for our American friends can make you a millionaire. You're going to love this chat with dad and author of Armchair Real Estate Millionaire, Michael Dominguez. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Super Dad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Welcome, dads, friends, family, Team Super Dad members. It is good to have you back on the Team Super Dad podcast. My name's Johnny Jensen, of course, founder and creator of Team Superdad and the Hero Academy program. We are a irresistible community of men, modern men creating the life of our dreams, not the life that we feel stuck in. And it is great to have you here on the podcast. However you have come to find us, it's great to have you on board. And uh, if you're listening again, if you're a subscriber, then it is brilliant to have you here as always. Uh, For anyone who regularly listens, you'll know we missed this week's wrap up. Glenn was actually on a date. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? So if you are an avid listener of the wrap up, uh, pay close attention. We're hoping to get one recorded sometime before the weekend so that we can then record one again on Monday. See, that's the problem with a weekly podcast. It's uh, (laughs) you've got to stay on your game. And uh, and that's a nice little intro into uh, Team Superdad, staying on your game. Wake up, dads. Uh, this is, uh, we get one time around this crazy rock and I am here to make sure that you make that trip as good as it can be, as brilliant as it can be. If you've not been around Team Superdad before, then you will not know what we do. Uh, we have a community uh, over on Facebook. We have our power list, which is emails and guidance information from our experts and coaches and literally we are involved with creating happy lives creating happy lives men who want to excel you know we'd work on the f5 focus fitness finance family and fun and too many of us are busy 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 worn out frustrated you know fed up, whatever, wherever you're at, you know, and this isn't about being successful or not being successful. This is about men wanting to have an absolutely brilliant life. And it takes something to get out of our funk, to put ourselves around good men, uh, to get a change of scenery, a different environment, go fire walking, go bungee jumping, basically push the extremes, live a little, feel that excitement on the back of your neck. And, um, Because when you are the best version of yourself, then you can be the best dad and husband uh, for your family. Today's episode, we are talking about, oh, by the way, uh, if you want to come and get involved, come to teamsuperdad.com forward slash group. That's teamsuperdad.com forward slash group. And we do have a happy dad five day challenge coming up in a couple of weeks. So be sure to come and register for that. So yeah, back to today's episode, Michael Michael Dominguez is a property investor from the States and well, actually hold tight because I I dropped this clanger right at the start of the conversation. He's not from the States. (laughs) Double clanger. He's Canadian, man. He's Canadian. Same twang, slightly softer. You've got to watch out for that. You know, if you if you pay attention, it's kind of obvious when someone's Canadian. And if you just walk straight into their American, then uh, you're (laughs) some Canadians don't appreciate it. Let me tell you that. So. Be careful. 
get it sorted. Thankfully, Michael was okay with me saying he was from America, Uh, but he's actually from Toronto. The cool thing about Michael is he's just an everyday guy like yourself and I. His property investing journey didn't really start until he was in his 40s. And, you know, he says himself it was kind of by accident. He tried other ways to make money and it hadn't really gone that well. And then he found himself... Uh, as a as a real estate investor or a realtor, as they call them over there, a uh, an estate agent. Um, but that led him to becoming a property investor. He's now uh, into his 60s. I think he said he's 60. And he's pretty much retired by, by choice. Uh, he's financially free and he lives the life that he wants on his terms, which ultimately is what we're all up, up for. And Michael's just written a book. It's how we came to have him on the show. I don't always have people on that have written a book because some of them, A, the book isn't really that relevant. And B, when I go and have a listen to some of the other other podcasts they've done, they're crap. They're boring. (laughs) Michael was not. So it's good to have him on. Uh, Just real down to earth guy. And he's made his money through diligently learning, buying property, he says, you'll see, share his tips, you know, good properties for good people in good neighborhoods. So uh, listen in. I hope you get a good value out of this. Uh, it's what we do at Team Super Dad. It's, it's all about making money, being fit, having a family that works um, and uh, and having fun as well. Bloody hell. More than anything, it's about having fun. So enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. Hey Michael, good to have you with us today. How's it going? It's I'm I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Brilliant. Uh, obviously, as I said, uh, real estate and uh, property investing. You're joining us from America. Whereabouts in the states are you? Actually, I'm from uh, around Toronto, Canada. Actually. Oh, he's done that awful thing that people do. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. So to all our Canadian friends, family, Team Superdad members, welcome. And art. So you are Canadian, yeah? I am Canadian, yes. You live up near Toronto. Wow. Uh, been, were you anywhere near the real crazy heat earlier this summer? Uh, no, no. That was more in the West Coast. Um, we had, like, you know, our typical 26, 28 degrees Celsius type days, but nothing like uh, what was being reported at West Coast. <laughs> You'll crazy. be happy here if you like, um, uh, if you like, to see other people having less of a fun time as you. You'll be happy to hear that uh, it has pretty much rained all summer here in Britain. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'd rather be anywhere than he- I-, I need to get away and travel again. You know, I was, I was in, um, I was in a British Isles tour two, three years ago and uh, thinking, Oh, I'm going to go back again and again. And uh, no one's traveled anywhere in the last couple of years. So. No. Exactly. And, and uh, let's hope we can get back to some, some kind of, of normality. I've got friend, friends and family in Chicago and I've got family in France. So, yeah, I'm missing everybody for sure. Yeah. Well, today, Michael, uh, we are going to be talking about property investing or real estate investing. Um, you've just got a book out, real est- Armchair Real Estate Investor. I think you're going to... Oh, millionaire, yeah. Millionaire, armchair real estate millionaire, brilliant, and um, um, completely transparent with my listeners as as I uh, as I am. Um, your the the was it like your PR company or the or your publisher or who who was it that reached out to me? Yeah, uh, the 
PR, yes. yes. PR company. So, yeah, and I, it's like, I get lots of those. So, um, I, you know, not all of the people don't even check out who they're sending it to half the time. But, uh, but your guys did. And, you know, I said to them, okay, well, does this apply to the UK? And you came back with loads of examples of different ways that it did apply. And I, I kind of feel like you know, the wonderful thing about property is wherever we go, it's there. That's a good way of describing it. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, it's one of these things that I really didn't, um, I didn't understand. I was always a, uh, a wannabe entrepreneur for uh, all of my teenage, from teenage years to the time I was in my forties. And, uh, and, you know, I was, I tried and pretty much failed in almost everything I did. And, uh, and honestly, the, the act of purchasing cash flow generating real estate has just literally changed my life. No, nothing short of that. That's amazing, and, I'm, and and I know that the team Superdad members are excited to to hear about that. And one of the things that appealed to me when chatting to Lauren, um, you know, I've been to those events, you know, the millionaire maker event, right? I've I've broken boards on stage, and yeah. that, that's the good thing about those events. The bad thing about those events is run to the back of the room. Because you, they've got you all jacked up, or, or I know on or promises of being a millionaire, they've got you all jacked up. And then you run to the back of the room, and then you put, get out your credit card and spend money that you don't have. Uh, I literally went home to my fiance like Jack and the bloody beanstalk. <laughs> he said, "I've got these beans." <laughs> that was it. She said, "How was your day?" I said, "It was bloody amazing. I've just spent four thousand pounds," and uh, and she did not think that was quite so amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... You know, and that's the thing that's so amazing about this industry is that you don't necessarily need to spend tens of thousands of dollars or pounds in order to 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 get ahead. But there is, you know, some base knowledge in investing smarter. I can tell you when I uh, first got started in this industry, I purchased what I was told was the right stuff to do. And so when I got a little bit of education, it really did set me in the right direction. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to chatting about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I put in the blurb for uh, for our conversation today. So we're live on most of the socials. And if you're watching, then welcome. Good to have you here. Please feel free to check in. Uh, we can see comments from most platforms and you can say a little hello. You can ask a question. If I can do two things at once, which apparently men can't do. Uh, <laughs> ask a question like this with a little smiley share that and just illustrate how people can do that if you're listening on the podcast well then sorry you can't do that but um by all means you can bring your questions over to uh, the team super dad group or to, to message me and uh, michael and i will be keeping in touch so um you won't be left alone out there and in fact let's get this up front because people always leave it to the end of the podcast and people don't always like listen to the end of the podcast where can people come and get a copy of the book? Where can people come and connect with you? Let's get that up there now so people can, don't worry about that. Absolutely. Um, uh, again, the book is titled, called uh, Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. And uh, nice and simple, it's uh, armchairrealestatemillionaire.com is our, is our website. And uh, you can reach out to me at info at armchairrealestatemillionaire.com. And uh, honestly, simple as Amazon is as great a place as anything to uh, – to purchase the book, it's uh, it's about twenty five dollars Canadian, twenty dollars US. I don't know what the pound That's rate would be. About sixteen ninety nine in. Pound. There you go, and so uh, yeah, it's uh, and yeah, we'll talk more about the book itself, but. It's, it's not designed for someone that's 
hoping to buy a hundred or a thousand properties or anything like that. Um, as little as two or three properties, uh, when purchased correctly, um, is essentially a side hustle that can can truly change your life. Um, doing it properly and and leveraging correctly, uh, you can actually become a millionaire through just as few as two or three properties in the right the right market. Yeah, and when I was kind of checking you out, and uh, I listened to a couple of podcasts that you've been on, and Uh-oh. just liked the the ease of which you chat about it and you know i think it's important when when all these like opportunities of people just read it watched a book come around to have them on your podcast it can seem like a little bit of a of a parade show you know but um uh and, and not all those conversations end up being much value but i know this one will be because so many people ask about property investing real estate investing and there's just an avalanche of it on on YouTube, on, on on Facebook, those kind of events that I was speaking to. So, and I think that for all the people that want to do it, that can put some people off because it's overwhelming. So I, I think there's two camps that people fall into is the first question is people go, oh, surely it's too late to get into property investing. They've already decided before they even get the answer to that question, whether they're going to do it or not. And then there's a second group, and I probably fall into this second group, where there's so much information out there, you think, I don't know where to start. I'm, someone says it's really easy. Someone says I need a load of money. Someone says join my group. Someone says go for it and do buy to rent, let to let you know, do for business property. Do you just go? Oh, I think I'm just going to carry on doing my job. And you know, as you just alluded to there, you said it can be quite easy. You can start quite small, and it can turn into a into you know to, to nice money. And that's either for retirement as a side hustle or a main source of income. Is, is it now that your main source of income now? Um, it's, it's never really been designed to be my main source of income. Um, I, I, I was a realtor uh, and I guess I still am a realtor, but I'm not very active anymore. Um, and uh, real estate has allowed me to build enough wealth. What I've always done for real estate is it was never meant to be a cash flow play for me early on. It was meant to be a wealth generator. And so what I would do is I would refinance many of my properties as they appreciated in value and I forced the appreciation and then I used that money to buy another one and another one. And for 10 straight years, I bought one investment property essentially. And it sounds like a crazy ask to do that, you know, when you're looking to buy your first one, but you know, things start falling into place pretty quickly in an appreciating market. And so, um, so as a result, my cash flow was never incredible because every time I refinanced it, that would increase my debt load, which would lower the, the cash flow. Uh, but what it did do is, uh, as these properties appreciated, uh, it added like, you know, a million, two million, five million dollars to my net worth as a result of these properties. It's, it's been quite a, quite a run. Yeah. There's, uh, I live in the Southeast of the UK and, uh, about must be 20 years ago now, they built a high-speed rail link, which is mm-hmm. part of the Channel Tunnel to, to Paris and stuff, which connected up these coastal towns with London yeah. via a high-speed train, like 45 minutes an hour. Right. So they, not, not too long ago, literally three or four weeks ago, they had this property which become the most expensive two up, two down in the country um, because – it, she bought it for 70,000 or something 10 12 years ago and now it's worth a, a you know, million pounds um because it's on 
the perfect street in this now regenerated area that's all if it's not airbnb it's it's uh um traders and 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 london they they call them dfls down from london what's it what's an efl no, a d d dfl oh okay down from londoners oh down from london okay all right <laughs> they basically buy this property yeah. somewhere on the coast you know and it's there it's either their weekend retreat or they've decided to escape london and now they're living there because they can get back to work within 45 minutes well and there's no question that that commuting has has um has always been around but um towns like that were really just too far from the big city until uh mass transit started to happen and you know whether you're you're listening from uh from the uk or from the united states or whatever uh, paying attention to major changes to the transit system um, is is like getting that insider information, and you know this using that example where you know had these had you known that the transit was going to come in fifteen years ago and picked up that property for seventy thousand pounds, and oh by the way, I, I doubt if she put in seventy thousand pounds, she probably put down twenty uh, percent down, so she probably put down fourteen thousand pounds. And has turned that into a million. Now that's an exceptional ratio. Oh, yeah. Even, even it's a quarter million. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know it's, what? I think I exaggerated. I think it's actually six hundred thousand. Which is, but still, like, even if it was a quarter million, that's 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 an okay ROI. Let me tell you, that's that's a good return. So, yeah. so let's let's. I want to, I want this to be of real value for people today. Um, there's some core concepts to your journey which anyone can kind of emulate, really. I put in the blurb, um, knowledge, consistency, network with, with intelligent people. Um, and if, if we can get across to people today uh, some of the ways to get started, some of the um, stupid things that, uh, that, that perhaps first-timers, first-timers can avoid, and then I dare say there's some value that you can add because you've gone from not just dabbling in it, to it actually being, as you said, armchair millionaire, so that we can make it of, of uh, a value to some people that perhaps may have one or one or two properties. Uh, anyway, are, are you a family man, Michael? Are you? Are you... I, I have a, um, a now a twenty-four-year-old son, uh-huh. and uh, actually, if if it's okay, I, I'd love to share a little bit of my backstory. I normally don't yeah. share all of that, but uh, being a team super dad. Um, uh, fan, I, I thought I'd uh, I've been waiting to share this story with you. Uh, I did share a little bit of this in my book, but um, much like many of you, I uh, you know I was as a teenager, I had you know aspirations. As a matter of fact, I was a bit of a snarky kid where I uh, when people asked me what I wanted to do for a living, I would say I want to be a millionaire. So, like, which you know, again, I didn't want to be a fireman or a policeman. I wanted to be a millionaire. So, you know, my twenties come and go, and uh, I, I meet a girl, I get a job, I finish school. Um, have a child, get a promotion, get another promotion, and before you know it, I'm stuck in middle management and or upper middle management, and my twenties yeah, go by. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I. Yeah, my I was a territory, but same idea. Okay. And uh, and twenties go by, and I'm in my mid thirties, and I'm coming close to forty, and um, um, and you know, I'm now recently divorced. Uh, I've got a you know a young. Well, I guess a getting about 10, 12 year old child. Um, I'm still in the same middle management or upper middle management business. I was, my net worth is essentially nil. 
and and I'm closing it on 40. I'm saying, how the hell did that happen? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. And so, you know, I I was able to find a new girl um, and start to turn my life around. And, and um, we had an opportunity to uh, to purchase an invest or a, a house here. And I decided at that time to become a realtor and and started the journey um, uh, towards real estate. It was more of an accident as much as anything else. I'd uh, um, and it, it just started snowballing from there. And I always had those career aspirations. I always had those wealth aspirations, but everything I'd ever tried prior to that really didn't amount to a hell of a lot. And, and then, um, and then all of a sudden I just fell into real estate and I was that C and D student that all of a sudden became the, the leader for real estate investing in, in my region. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. You've got, you've been wrecked, you know, a, they call it awards and recognized sure. by your peers for for how effective you are at this and it's it's not just about having a, a trophy and stuff it's it's actually nice to get that peer peer acknowledgement but it it's it's testimony to the success that's available for just everyday people yeah yeah it really is and you know if i could give any advice is if you are recently divorced um and if you're looking for another uh, spouse, find somebody who has more wealth than you. There's, there's a, there's a tip for you today. So you can take, (laughs) and you know, and so instead of me supporting my wife, it was the other way around for a little while. And it allowed me to, to spur on and move forward and, uh, and get going. So that, that was a great start. I'm joking a little bit, by the way, guys, but just to share. No, (laughs) it's speaking for someone who's, who's divorced and, you know, in, in a happy relationship at, at, at present, um, the pressures that were on that search in late twenties and thirties is now off. And so I, plus I've got the experience of being divorced and having lived in a painful, uh, marriage, not, not be, you know, just as much down to me as it was her, but we, we weren't compatible. And, uh, and I can see now that making the right choice about a, a, a wife or, or partner when the pressure's off about, children and marriage and life expectations uh, you can actually start to tune into values ambitions what are your motivators and like you actually start to tune into are we really compatible and uh, and I, I i hope for, for for many people who are going around and creating those second relationships second marriages that they uh, are more careful and diligent in their in in both being honest about themselves but also honest about what they want well said. Honestly, it's um, I, I went in with a mindset um, almost stealth-like, where I was I had certain like I I was a num- um, a chart maker, and so uh, they needed to have the certain qualifications for me to move forward. Uh, I I uh, there was a a girl who was just a gorgeous knockout who was reaching out to me, but she worked part-time at a Kentucky fried chicken. And um, unfortunately she didn't meet my criteria. So, uh, you know, looks is, looks is nice, but, but having somebody who is a, is a, someone who could be a partner in your life is, is probably a little more important. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We got, we got, we do, we got, we got a whole other sessions on that. So uh, it'd be great to, you know, you can come and join us on those as well. But um, yeah. So, what was the what was the first purchase? You know, how do you want to take this? Do you want do you want to go through like the the journey or like the the, the first one or have you got? Yeah, to- well, a little bit. Um, 
Uh, honestly, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I didn't have this um, millionaire mindset when I bought my first property. I was a realtor and uh, and I focused on working with investors. And so I thought to to make myself more appealing to real estate investors, I said, hey, maybe I should buy one too. You know, and I saw some of the people that were taking action and uh, and they weren't any smarter than I was. And I thought, okay, so I bought what I was told to buy, and that was. Uh, sort of dilapidated buildings that were under market value in secondary and tertiary markets. And it just, it seemed to make sense because they were great values. Well, it was a royal pain in the ass because not only was the tenant profile very poor and we weren't always collecting our rents, but um, um, even if we did fix them up, it was hard to attract nicer tenants because all of the buildings around it and the neighborhood around it really wasn't conducive for a, for a premium tenant. Yeah. Nice and people want to live in nice places, nice neighborhoods. Yeah. Really is the case. And so um, I ended up really an aha moment for me was um, I started to focus on buying. Um, if I could buy a quality property in a quality neighborhood, I could attract quality tenants and it becomes a very easy part-time job. I could hold on to these properties for a long time. And in real estate, the real win is when you hold on to those assets for a long time. And that led to quality profits. So and it was it was just such an aha moment for me. And so now fast forward to today, I, I, you know, I'm sure that there's people in the real estate sector that have 100 or 500 properties. I've got a dozen properties. That's all I have. And But these dozen properties require less than five hours a a month in activity. So it's a real part-time side hustle. And, uh, and it's got me to the point where I can have so many more choices in life. I I was at 55. I was able to semi-retire or retire if I wanted to, uh, because the, the revenue that real estate has afforded me, um, has now put me to the point where I, I don't need to work anymore. And there's a, And what you just said there answers that question about, is it too late? Have I left it too late? Have I missed the boat? If you're holding on to it for 10 years or or, or more, you kind of can't miss the boat. Is there any periods in in history where properties over a 10-year period have not gone up? Um, I suppose if you looked hard, there's times where the values have sort of stagnated for a period of time. But what I want to share with you is it's not like – if I ask you, what is the weather in the UK? You're going to say, well, you know, that depends on where in the UK you, you live. Uh, the weather in Scotland is very different than the weather in London. It's just, it's just the way it is. It's the same in real estate is to say that um, uh, what's the real estate market like in the UK is, is just, it's, it's a false comment to even ask is um, real estate is, is regional. And so if, if you invest in a quality market, and a quality market like you, London, let's use as an example. Uh, actually, let's let's jump over to to the American side, New York City. I love New York City. If you've ever been to New York, it's one of the greatest cities in the world. Problem with New York right now is it's going through a major a major uh, population decrease. Uh, it was even happening prior to COVID, but even since COVID, it's dropped even more. Why that's such a big deal is that now there's simply more housing than there is people. And as a result, housing prices are starting to fall. And so I speculate that it's already happened. Over the last five years, New York prices are actually lower than they were five years ago. And I think five years from now, they still won't be up to the prices of 10 years ago. Um, 
comparison-wise, Toronto is one of the fastest-growing cities in North America. And so, honestly, I could buy a sack of dirt, and it's going to go up in value right now. It's just it's amazing how much has gone up in value. And so um, using that example that you talked about, where all of a sudden these towns that used to be three, four hours away from London are now less than an hour from London, you're probably seeing an appreciation or, or a population increase. And so as a result, you'll see an appreciation in value as a result of that. Uh, so it's it's using a little bit of intelligence. And we talk about that in our book, in the book, um, in terms of just doing some proper research. So the answer is absolutely property values can go up if you buy in the right type of location. Yeah. And what about you see some people saying, oh, if where you live is not the right kind of affordable things, then go to a different region and, and pick somewhere. So I've met people who've, who've got properties like four or five hours away. To yeah. me, that seems kind of like, how the hell am I going to manage it if it's that far away? Is it going to come? Am I going to be wanting to spend the weekend with my kids, but actually having to drive another five, 10 hour round trip? Does it make sense to buy property that far away from where you're based? Um Obviously, it's ideal to have something that's close. But if the market that you're in is is just simply stagnant and is in the up in the near future is expected to be stagnant going forward, uh, it just doesn't make sense to invest your dollars in uh, in the market near your house. So you know, if, if all things are equal, absolutely invest within an hour or two of your home. But if it's not, like at the end of the day. Because you're focusing on quality real estate, and and um, I'm a big believer in having a, a power team, and and your power team could include a property manager, and that property manager does the day to day operations of your of your building. Yes, that's going to affect your cash flow a little bit, but at the end of the day, all you have to do is manage the property manager, and that may be something you only need to do once every few months to to monitor and make sure everything is going well. Uh, it it. The beautiful thing about quality real estate is you don't need to be going up to that property every other week. You you know, some of our properties we go up every six months. That's all we do. Yeah. Well, I've since my divorce, I'm still renting. I've lived here five years and I'm like a dream tenant. Yeah. Because I've spoken to my landlord. I'm not kidding. If it's more than ten times in five years, I'll I'll be amazed. Yeah, so that's every six months, give or take. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. So spot on, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he must be, he, he went and moved in with his girlfriend and just rented this place. So he's not like a professional landlord. So when people ask him how it's going, he must be, he must be like, it's the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Well, and, and let's, let's say he lived, um, you know, 10 hours away from you in terms of drive wise, it wouldn't have affected his ability to be your landlord because, um, like how many times you've spoken to him 10 times, you've probably seen him even less than that. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. I've probably seen. I. I think I've probably seen three times. Yeah. Um. And oh, that question's gone out of my brain. Oh, yeah. Property management and stuff. That's. I've I've seen videos and I've spoken to other property you know, inverted commas experts and uh, yeah, they say when they're talking when they're talking about creating the the business, creating the lifestyle, then all of the little jobs that go into managing the property. Um, um, let's say cleaning it or, or reef, you know, do, tidying it up after someone moves out, then you'd be mad to try and do all of that yourself uh, and exhausting yourself when actually if you build it into the calculations, then it's just part of how your business works. In, and then you know, 
aka how your life works and designing your life how you want it to be. Yeah, um, and this isn't just real estate. This is in general. Um, if you think of it, there are $10 jobs, there are $100 jobs, and there are $1,000 jobs per hour. And so, like, for me, a $10 an hour job is, or, yeah, 10 to $25 an hour is mowing the lawn or in, in Canada, shoveling snow or cleaning the apartment. Those are, those are smaller tasks. And so um, one of the things that's really helped me grow my net worth is um, through being in real estate sales. Uh, that's something that's a thousand dollar an hour type task. If I can do that effectively, I can make a lot of money. Um, the people that struggle in in their business life, they're focusing so much on the on the minuscule tasks that take up you know that are worth ten to twenty five dollars an hour that they don't have enough time to focus on the big stuff. So one of the things that I've done over the last five to ten years is I've made a concerted effort to actually essentially eliminate all of the the the, the ten dollar tasks. So we have people that shovel our driveway and and. Uh, and more lawn and clean our house and um, and right down the line. And that's not even with regards to our real estate portfolio. It's just in general. And yep. so that would be something I would advise to anyone that's really trying to get ahead is to to look at everything they do on a, on a daily and weekly basis and try to eliminate the things that, that other people can do at a reasonable price that's not going to change your life a heck of a lot and then focus on the stuff that can really build wealth. Yeah, and I often say that that the secrets of success are not that secret. It's just that only a few people do them. And what you've just shared there uh, was echoed by George McGarrion when I spoke to him. And it's efficiencies. And, you know, if that wasn't obvious to people, 10, $10 jobs have cost $100. If you could earn $100 in an hour or $1,000 in an hour, you're ahead by outsourcing those or paying someone else to do those. Um, and that person's quite likely grateful for that, that work because that's the work they're looking for. And it's funny. Um, my neighbors always tease me because like we've got constantly an, uh, an array of people coming through the house doing little tasks and they say, you know, how do you afford that? And I say, well, I just, you know, it's, you know, in my mind, I'm recycling money. I'm, I'm, I'm helping out the community and getting, you know, more employment out there. And, oh, by the way, um, you know, I, what I've been focusing on in the last couple of years is, well, obviously writing the book uh, and also focusing on um, option trading and value investing and, of course, real estate investing and then educating. So, like, those are my $1,000 an hour jobs. And so if I could avoid mowing the lawn, but take a course in equity investing, then, you know, I think I'll be ahead of the game. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, continuous learning. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the, one of the values inside the team super dad. And so let's talk about how people can find money. Like, you know, the, the idea that we're going to suddenly buy a property and, and invest in property, I think, an obvious question that springs to people's mind that perhaps stops them from even researching and looking at how they can do it is, well, I'm never going to be able to get the money together to do that. So I'm not even going to bother starting. What's the solution there? Yeah, there's, you obviously do need a starting salary or starting um, uh, down payment. If you're, if you've got, if you don't have two nickels to rub together, then you're likely not going to be able to buy with nothing down. They talk about the concept of buying with nothing down, but it's, it's, 
the more realistic way of doing it is to have at least uh, enough money for a down payment. The one cool thing about real estate is um, is that in um, uh, real estate, I believe, is an unfair advantage over other wealth building opportunities. And what I mean by that is, um, well, they actually just in Britain, they've just passed a law or a rule that you can buy a, a property with as little as 5% down and, uh, and with an amortization as much as 40 years um, in the right situation. So, um, so if let's say a property is a half a million pounds, it's not like you need to come up with a half a million pounds. You need to come up with in perhaps as little as 5% of that, which is more like 25,000 pounds. So it's still not nothing, but we're not talking anywhere near half a million pounds either. And so uh, I'm a huge advocate of, uh, of using leveraging in order to build your to build your long-term wealth. Uh, so if you're in a position where you've got enough money to put down as a down payment, uh, if it has the right market fundamentals, you're certainly ahead of the game for sure. So using leveraging, using the long-term amortization, these are things that I adv- advocate for sure. Yeah, Grant Cardone, he he often says something, I'm going to get this slightly wrong, but he says, like, oh, if someone gave me 900 grand to buy a house, I wouldn't buy a house i would i would invest it in four houses and have made that money back in however many any years basically yeah and obviously grant cardone he's at a whole nother level um um honestly when i hear i've i've heard grant cardone speak in person and and it's almost tiring um some of the his his 10 10x policies and his ideas and stuff like that like honestly as simple as Purchasing, if, if I was in my 30s right now in, in Britain, uh, 100% I would use house hacking as a means of, of building wealth. Currently, um, about 31% of millennials in the UK currently own their own houses, which is well below the world average. Um, house hacking is a term that is used for um, living in either one component of the house or if it was a duplex, one half of the house and then renting out the other. Yeah. And, um, you know, it could be, could be a matter of having a tenant in the place, you know, even if they're just renting a room, letting a room, uh, that's, that's, that's a way of doing it. And what that does is it reduces the amount of money they're paying on a, on a monthly and annual basis on their, on their debt financing. And it allows them to get into the house. So using you as an example, if you could have, purchase the place you have right now, you'd be five years ahead in terms of buying the place or in wealth. Funny story. When I was a student, uh, (laughs) I was this close to having a genius idea. But the problem was I said it uh, in a, in a hazy pot smoke filled room. (laughs) I said, uh, we should take our student loans and buy a house together. And like next year, we'll all live there and it'll be brilliant, right? So everyone's laughing and calling me a dickhead, right? But it was was this close. And and funnily enough, the property we ended up living in um, about a year after that was a guy who wasn't that much older than us and he bought it for 11 grand at uh, at auction. So not only, in my mind, we're going to flip in, get a deposit together, the, the three of us would have, you know, paid for a quarter of the house just in in uh, in, in the in the student loan. So, yeah, it was that close, that close to. Uh... But okay, so you you swung and miss there 
But now that you're in your 40s, uh, actually, you asked the question uh, a couple different ways. Let me let me address this one, too, is uh, we actually in the book, I, I, I did some success stories. And uh, again, the success stories were not people that bought 100 properties. It was as little as two or three. And one of the success stories was a gentleman who was in his uh, mid 60s and he um, uh, he'd had a very good, successful career as a contractor. And he built a lot of wealth for a lot of other people over the years um, as, you know, and he basically said, now is my turn. And so I think he started around 64, if memory served. And over the next five to six years, he, uh, he amassed a really good increase in net worth. And his goal was not for, you know, long-term wealth for him. It was, it was for a legacy for his family. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, well, the story has a, a bit of a sad ending is that he ended up uh, developing cancer and he passed away. But, uh, but I had a chance to speak to him about a, a few weeks before he died. And, and he thanked my wife and I so much for, for introducing him to real estate and investing. And, and he just felt so good that he was leaving a legacy for his family. And so, you know, he was a guy who was in his mid sixties by the time he got started. So certainly if you're in your thirties or forties or even your fifties, it is by no means too late because in five to 10 years, you can make a significant difference in your net wealth. That's me. I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Um, I, I, you know, I want to be, a, I, I, I want to be a homeowner, the, 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 the business, the divorce, COVID, you know, there's been a, a lot of financial challenges that feel like have made that uh, homeowner status, you know, a little bit far off, not, not out of reach and, and, it, and it will happen. Um, but what I can see from conversations around property investing is that the level of knowledge, even if you're not going to become a property investor, but the level of knowledge to buy a house with the mindset of a property investor is much more sensible than just going and buying a house as a regular house buyer, because there's levels to which you use the word leverage, there's levels to which you're below market value. There's there's a whole load of, un, of, of things that property investors know about and, and they put into their decision-making process that normal house buyers don't, and we probably should when we're buying a house. Absolutely. I, I um, As a realtor, as an investor realtor, I, I, I always use the joke. I said, you know, the best thing of working with uh, investors is they're not emotional in their in their investing purchase. The worst thing about working with uh, investors is they're not emotional when they're uh, when they're making their investment purchase. So it's the same. But uh, you're absolutely right. I use a um, a strategic approach, even if I'm working with somebody who's looking at buying their forever home, because again, they might fall in love with something in the house, but if it doesn't make the right financial sense. I, I will often sway them away from buying that because, you know, honestly, even if you're buying your, your first home or your dream home, everything is still an investment of sorts. And what's so great about real estate is um, the vast majority of us um, around the world, we buy, as uh, Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad always says, he, we buy doodads, we buy depreciating assets. So, you know, our car uh, is is not a is certainly not an appreciating asset. So, you know, I, I mentioned this in the book, it's, it amazes me how many people have land rovers and they still have a landlord. And, uh, and so that's one of the things that, uh, you know, just buying some appreciating assets that are likely going to go up in value is certainly a good thing. And if someone's saving for a deposit for a, a house, like their family home, 
is there is there a time when it makes sense to buy a property that they're going to rent out or you know that's going to be an investment before they actually buy their family home does, does I've, I've seen blog posts and videos people saying that that yeah. kind of thing. don't 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 buy a home and live in it rent homes and you know basically that's yeah, Robert Kiyosaki, who, if you've not read his book, Rich Dad, uh, is, is an incredible read. And I'm just so you guys know, I am not this, you know, oh, I read this book this week and that book next week and this book and that book. I, I am not an, um, I, I'm not one of these readers that, you know, just get up in the morning and read 100 wealth page books. It's, that's not me. But make an exception for Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It's, a, it's an incredible uh, mindset shift for, for people. And actually, in my book, I, 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 I think would be a pretty easy read as well. I, because I'm not a, a huge reader, uh, I include humor and graphics and illustrations and cartoons and whatever. But anyway, uh, so going back to uh, uh, renting your own home is something that Robert Kiyosaki is certainly an advocate of. And the reason for that is because uh, especially if you're in a market like London, for example, where the carrying cost of a home is it, it's greater than the um, uh, than if you were renting it. Then, if you do the financial numbers, if let's say you could rent it, what, what would be a flat in in London? What would be a going price for a flat in London right now? Uh, for like a two bedroom flat, would be definitely around sixteen hundred. Uh, okay. So sixteen hundred. Meanwhile, what would it be the cost to purchase that same flat? Again, different areas, and I haven't been living there a while. But yeah, I can imagine it could be easily getting towards the million. Yeah, <laughs> and and so you can't possibly carry that property for sixteen hundred dollars of interest. It would be more than that. So that would be an example where you're doing your financial numbers. And you say, okay, I'm not really building wealth here. I'm actually just paying more in interest. So if I have that certain level of cash, rent where I want to live. Uh, and then use that money and purchase where I want to build wealth. So that would be the, that's, that's the concept that, that you're referring to. Okay. 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 Um, and so where do people go to, you know, obviously your book, great place to go to, to, to start your knowledge, your, your, your quest for knowledge. Um, I uh, alluded to, <laughs> running to the back of the room and buying someone's weekend course, probably not such a good idea. Um, but there's property networking events. There's people yeah. on YouTube. What's a sensible way for someone to start to uh, develop the knowledge required to, to become a property? Uh, yeah, there's, there is an absolute crap load of local real estate investment groups. It's just, it's shocking how many there are uh, all across the world. And, um, and, and these meetups are a great place to talk to other people that are actually doing what you're hoping to do. And, uh, and I'm a huge believer in, um, in rubbing shoulders with people that are actually taking action because one of the challenges that we face in our lives, and, you know, I I was guilty of this in my twenties and thirties is all of my high school friends of mine, or even the people I was hanging around with my twenties and thirties, none of them like, you know, that we may have owned our own home, but none of us were real estate investors. So it took me hanging around with other people that are actually doing what I wanted to do that made a huge difference in my life. So that was something I was a huge believer in. But when it comes to education and books, honestly, there's, again, there's more podcasts than you know what to do with. Um, 
there are some certainly better choices than others. Uh, if you do buy my book, I actually uh, I reference a lot of the books that were influential to me to get me started in real estate investing. Um, I'd like to think that my attitude is um, I'm not a get rich quick uh, back of the room type of guy. Uh, I'm a bit of a cheerleader, of course, for uh, for wealth building, but it's it's a more um, structured strategic approach. And that's kind of the attitude that I've been taking. And that's just my personality type. I'm not the, I'm not the uh, slick salesman type of guy. I'm more just going to give you the facts and hopefully you'll make the right decisions. Yep. And what are some of the stupid mistakes that people should watch out for when the, in the early parts of their property investing? hundred uh, percent. Uh, honestly, the biggest mistake, Johnny, that I made and everybody else makes is they buy a property because it's cheap. And um, and using the UK as an, as an example, there are areas in, well, when I was in Scotland, it's a pretty pretty desolate area. Like It's beautiful, but there's not a lot of population there. I'm sure that I can go in some little village in Scotland and buy some cheap property that probably hasn't appreciated in 50 years and just be able to get it. Um, you know, let's say it's a banged up, home and you know it hasn't been updated in you know in a century um that's not necessarily the investment that i would indulge in myself uh buying it in the scuzziest neighborhood in in south london or something like that where it's uh you know everything's falling apart and uh, you know and drugs and prostitutes and that's not the kind of tenant profile i want to have so we we, we all know that if we think about the areas we know, we all know, oh, there's the good side of town. There's the bad side of town. That's right. There's the middle. There's the middle part of, of town. Yeah, and- I'll give you I'll give you a, uh, a pop century uh, reference. I, I like to pretend I take my DeLorean 30 years in the future. And if that uh, if that neighborhood is still a good neighborhood, then that's where I want to invest. And yeah. and I don't want to invest in an area where I honestly don't know what kind of you know, what kind of neighborhood that's going to be. I want it as simple as possible. I want it so that it's almost foolproof. And, uh, and that's the kind of portfolio I have right now. Yeah. And what is it, what does might seem like a silly question, but it's, it's a, I'm going to ask this question because I like it when people, uh, it's important for people to realize if they're thinking about their future, they're creating a goal or a vision for themselves is to actually imagine what it will be like when they've achieved that goal, like what difference will it make to their life? Because that's where we can go to find consistent motivation for things. Um, having created this lifestyle where you're financially, I don't know if you're financially free, but you said you've semi-retired, so I dare say you are financially free. Yep. Um, you are, you have a relationship that's, that's working for you. What has this property journey what has becoming a property investor done for you in terms of, of of your life and for the people around you yeah um when i started in this i i did a net worth analysis uh and that was one of the first tasks i was taught to do like 10 15 or about 15 years ago and it was a pretty sad state of affairs let me be honest with you um like it was i listed all of my expenses all of my current values of what i had and there wasn't a heck of a lot there, uh, but it it started me on a journey of of finding um, of of finding ways of building wealth the way the way I wanted to, and um, um, so 
with that as a, I wouldn't say singular focus, but certainly a primary focus um, of, of wealth building, uh, what it's allowed me to do is it's given me a sense of um, freedom and choices, choices to do what I want to do versus what I have to do. Um, I don't need to get up at seven o'clock in the morning to, to go to a nine to five job. Um, I could sleep until nine 30 if I want to, I could, I could choose to work on a, on a weekend or I could choose to, to take a, take a few days off and, and I'm okay with that. Um, I could choose to enhance my education or I could, um, watch a Gilligan's Island rerun for a marathon for, for, uh, for the next 12 hours. Um, that's the kind of choice selection that it's allowed me to do. And, and, and honestly, when I was 43, 45, I really didn't even see this coming. And it was one of these things that by doing the net worth analysis and I could actually see the journey as it was moving forward. Uh, it's allowed my wife to be able to retire about six years ago from her nine to five job. And she had, she got her real estate license and joined my team. Um, it's, it's, it's done so much for me uh, from a networking and a friendship standpoint, uh, the amount of friends and colleagues that I've met through, through this journey has, that's something I wasn't expecting. I, I wasn't expecting to meet as many friends and, and I'd say three quarters of the people I hang around with today have also done the same journey as me. We've, we've sort of rose up together and it's been, it's been kind of a cool thing. Um, The amount of traveling I've done. uh, There's been a lot of things like I, I've got a, a bucket list of activities and I'm, my goal is to knock off as many once in a lifetime experiences as I can. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, we do in, uh, in week one of the hero Academy, we do a net worth analysis, uh, as well as a lifestyle calculator. And in, I think it's week seven, uh, there's a focus on bucket lists and, uh, fun and adventure. So, uh, so both those things are, are, are right up there in, 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 in terms of creating the life that we want. Really, uh, we get one time round on this crazy rock, and the yeah. most we can enjoy it. My dad always says to me, "Son, are you having enough fun?" <laughs> you know, it's and and you know, it's so easy to settle in and be a be a renter because it's less work for five years. And I'm going to take a shot at you, Johnny. Is that you know, it's worth taking a look to see if there are opportunities to to start building wealth through real estate. It's it's. It, I'm not saying it's brainless. There are, it's, you know, especially if you're involving tenants, you are running a business. It's, uh, you have to treat it like a business, but this is a business that, you know, it's not like you're driving for Uber Eats or you're building scrunchies for the, for the local kids. You're, you're building something that can turn you into a millionaire. And even if it doesn't, if it just gives you a little bit of freedom, just one or two properties can, can truly change your life. Yeah. Mega, mega. Wow, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today and, and, and sharing uh, that. Do you want to hold up the, the, the book again for, <laughs> our, for our viewers? Not good for our podcast listeners. But... Yeah, so I'm going to do a shameless promotion here for anyone who's looking. Uh, it's a blue book called, oh, where's here? There it is, our Armchair Real Estate Millionaire. Um, and if you're, if you're sitting there anyway, you might as well build your wealth. Um, it's, it's, a, um, it's meant to be lighthearted, but at the same time, it's full of facts and 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 uh, and it motivates you to move forward. It gives you a call to action, and uh, I really think it's something that if you're if you're looking to try to find a way of getting ahead, that's uh, it's a it's a good good strategy that won't necessarily take over your life. It's real estate is meant to fund your life, not run your life, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I've read the the excerpts that I was sent. Um, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. 
I, I looking at my, I was doing my, my bookkeeping last night and uh, Audible told me I'd had my account since 2009. Okay. So, uh, so given that I've got one credit at the moment, that means there's nine times 12. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, there's a lot yeah. of books in there and, I, and I've listened to pretty much all of them. And wow. Good for you. That's something we all need to take on board. Like if you know, at least be reading six books a year at the very least one every couple of months you should be able to do that and and i enjoyed the excerpts from your book because they were accessible they felt like real life it wasn't to hard going um and it felt really relatable so so yeah it was great to get you on and, and, uh, and meet you in person yeah and even if you are in a position where you don't have a lot of funds right now that that doesn't stop you from working on your education and to move forward. Um, and, you know, using partners and joint ventures and um, there are ways to move forward, even if your income level is pretty low right now and, uh, or your net worth level is low. So, you know, don't just give up and raise your hands and say, Oh, well, I guess I tried uh, because, you know, there are, there are certainly things you can do, you know, even even joining this group, for example, and and starting to learn, you know, if, if they're talking about net worth analysis, just because your net worth really sucks today doesn't mean it will suck in five years. So let's, you know, start making it what happen. As painful as it is to get that number, you know, yeah. zero or less than zero, yeah. you're way ahead of people that don't know that number because yeah. they're avoiding it. They're hiding from it. They're trying to ignore the fact that it's a crap number. It's, you know, they say where energy, uh, where attention goes, energy flows. And, uh, and when it's not until we put the microscope on our finances and when we start to read books, start to listen to podcasts, start to learn more about what it is to be fit and healthy, what it is to manage our money, what it is to grow our money, what it is to foster strong relationships, to find the partner of our dreams, to reconnect with our parents, you know, like, we're not born with this knowledge. So bloody well go out there and get it because that's where the secret of having the life that you want is going to come from. Well said. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Michael, I'm going to put up your website address one more time there. Armchair real estate millionaire.com uh, books available on Amazon and all other good uh, bookshops and some crap ones as well. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, I'll play the I'll play the outro and we'll say goodbye on the other side hold tight that was brilliant I loved the conversation with Michael uh, like I said at the beginning a real down to earth guy who's done something that any of us can do and I've read excerpts from his book very approachable book um, and he reassures me it is uh, relevant for all parts of the world um so so get involved with that i don't make any money from that you know it's just a, another good guy out there in the world and um if you listen to the Stuart roberts podcast a couple of weeks ago i just finished listening to his book visibility and i loved it it was it was bloody brilliant i didn't even Stuart. i've reached out to myself i didn't i didn't they, his guys didn't approach me because of the book uh, i saw him talking in a in a dad group if you come across anyone inside of any of the dad groups that you're in and you feel like they might be a great guest for Team Superdad, maybe you've listened to someone else's podcast and you think we should get them on the Team Superdad podcast, then let me know. Uh, come over to teamsuperdad.com forward slash group 
and uh, and come into the community. Let me know who uh, who you think should come on the podcast. Maybe you are that person. Maybe you want to come on the podcast. Um, by all means, it would be great to find out what you want to share and talk to you about that. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we've got the Happy Dad Five Day Happy Dad Challenge running again in a couple of weeks. So be sure to come over and register for that. Uh, TeamSuperDad.com forward slash Happy Dad Challenge. And, you know, it's already the middle of August. Well, I say middle of August, 10th of August. So we're well, well into the second half of the year and really is time to pull up some trees in your life. I'm on day 49, no, day 52, day 52 of exercising every day. It has become an amazing experience. Uh, just a 15 minute workout every day. And now I started looking at, well, what else could I be that rigorous, rigorous with myself about every day? And am I making sales calls every day? Am I following up with Team Superdad members every day and checking in on them? Like, what is something that you could be doing every day or four or five times a week that would make a difference? Maybe it's quality time with your wife or kids. How about that? So uh, I'm going to go because uh, you've probably got places to be. Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Share this with friends, family, other dads that you know. Uh, Spread the word so we can keep building the Team Superdad message, helping men around the world create the life they want, the life of their dreams, and not the life they feel stuck in. Take care. Team Superdad out. This has been Team Superdad. Find us at TeamSuperdad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad.